What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of From Panel to Podcast. I am Andrew Reiner. Glad to be here and joined by my buddy, Phil Hoff. Hello, sir. Hello. How are you this fine morning? I'm good. I, uh, you know, I read that Batman book, issue 126, from my favorite writer, Chip Zdarsky, who uh-huh. you have taken a liking to now. Mm-hmm. I did not think it would be a Terminator story. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we got. It is straight up the Terminator. That's pretty accurate. But I loved it. But I, I I couldn't believe it. Like, it's it's a whole new character that's chasing Batman and the whole Bat crew. And it's called Fall of the Dark Knight. And it kind of lives up to that. Not to spoil things for people, but this thing just wants to kill Batman. It's made up of, what is it, Amazo and different robots. Mm-hmm. So it is, like, literally a Terminator character. Where it comes from, we don't know yet, but it is a fascinating new tale here, and I'd love to get your two cents on it, because I know you like more of the Zdarsky's detective-style storytelling, and it doesn't seem like we're getting that. Oh, uh, no, we're really not yet, but at the end of this issue, not to get too spoilery, Batman kind of lets on that he's got an idea where this thing's coming from. Um, And he's also proving that the Bat family has definitely met his match, because this thing is just kicking everybody's butt and not really slowing down at all. Um, I'm still enjoying his writing style here, even though it's not as, as the normal de- uh, Zadarsky detective style is. But then again, neither was Daredevil issue one. So, I mean, he's kind of, he's showing that he can flex yeah. into that superhero mode and not really miss too big of a beat. And what is the name of this beast here? I want to grab a um, first appearance. So this is a key issue for people. Oh, fail safe. Fail safe. Yeah. I don't know why the robot gave itself a name. Obviously, someone gave it a name, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it it it's it's wild. And I, like I said, I didn't expect this from from the series, but I dig it. I think it's it's a cool new wrinkle in the Batman lore, way better than Ghostmaker. And uh, yeah, I like I like where this is going. I do too. It's nice to have both of the main Batman titles clicking right now. And I, I also think Dark Crisis is clicking like nobody's business. Yeah, you and I briefly discussed that, that it finally got that steam that it needed after the first issue was a little flat. Issue two picked it up a little, and I think third, it's finally really hitting its stride and is being that nice, dark story that we were hoping it would be. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with Deathstroke. I don't know if they're telling a story that he has COVID or something, and he's he's being terrible, and he's spreading it to other people. <laughs> seems, seems like that might be going on. I, I don't know. But page after page, there is big moments like sizable changes in the universe of different characters coming in different characters using their powers in very interesting ways to even the playing field and then yeah deathstroke spreading covid <laughs> it's a very handy take on this entire thing <laughs> <laughs> what do you think what, what do you like or don't like about this one um like uh, i like the fact that well like I said, I, I thought this is really hitting its stride. Um, we're finally kind of getting some answers as to of what happened to the Justice League as well. Uh, I thought it was nice to see all of the lanterns in play again. Uh, again, I just it's an issue. It was a rock solid issue, and I'm glad that it's finally clicking. Yeah, Black Adam, by the way, I, I will say has. Oh the God, I forgot about how fantastic he was in that issue. Sorry to interrupt, but I got really excited as soon as you said his name. <laughs> normally, Black Adam falls flat for me, and in this one, it was just like. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're a great A badass when you're pissed off. Oh, yeah, he's way angry. And he does. Yeah, he's he's got a Batman in this. He's looking for for answers. 
but he goes about it a much different way. <laughs> a little bit <laughs> more aggressively. Yeah, people get hurt when he's around. I would highly recommend these two DC books, Batman and Batman 126. And I guess it would be Batman 125 and 126 and then Dark Crisis 1 through 3 right now. Absolutely run out and get those because DC's doing something amazing right now. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I thought Marvel kind of had the the higher hand for a while there, not to say they're in competition, but I was enjoying the Marvel books a lot more just because it seemed like everything was really moving along at a nice pace with those. Now I think DC's starting to find a stride with its big events and bringing in key talent to elevate their big titles. Most definitely. They're, they're ramping their game up right now, and it's good to see. I'm going to kind of spin off of the books that we read last week, Phil. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to promote two. This goes back to the Eisner Awards. Yes. Uh, I went out and grabbed Chuck Brown and David F. Walker's Bitter Root. That was also the the series that won the Eisner for ongoing with mm-hmm. Something is Killing the Children. So I, gra- I grabbed the first issue of that. It cost me like $30 online. I always just want the, for whatever reason, I need that first printing. It has to be the A cover. It can't be a variant. <laughs> uh but I really liked it. And this, it feels like a team that didn't really know what to do with this comic book because the story bleeds onto the, from the front cover <laughs> into the last page. There's like no wasted space in this comic book. There's like no room for ads or anything. Um, they just cram it in there, but it, it's really neat. And it's set in the 1920s in the Harlem Renaissance. And uh, you're following this family, uh, that's kind of going after supernatural forces that are secretly kind of tearing the world apart. But at the same time you have humanity just being terrible. Right. Uh, so it's, it's, it's really good. And it's like I said, 24 solid pages. I would recommend you go out and grab that one, Phil. Yep. I think this is a series that you would love right now. It looks like there's three trade volumes out. Yeah, trades are too easy. I've got that same problem that you do where I need to hunt down individual issues unless issue one sitting at $300 looking at you. Something's killing the children. (laughs) It looks like there's 15 issues. The last one, August 11th, 2021. So I think they might be on a little bit of hiatus. I'm guessing they're coming back. But yeah, I really, really, really found that to be uh, a nice first issue. And it it's different than the supernatural stuff we're reading now. I know we're doing a lot of it right now, but it has a different vibe. And it's not just because it's set in the 20s. It's they're really exploring some deep, deep issues and um, about racism and all that stuff. And yeah, it's it's really good. Really, I'm really in. good. Another one. I was just in Chicago, went to a new comic shop, wanted to buy something. They didn't have a lot of back issues. I was kind of going looking for those. I grabbed a series called Breakout. From Dark okay. Horse. I don't know if you've heard of this. No. So basically it is people are going about their business and these cubes show up like 60,000 cubes show show up across the world and they're hovering in, in uh, midair. So it's an alien invasion story, right? Okay. All of a sudden, you know, the government's trying to knock them, you know, all the governments around the world are trying to shoot them down. They don't know what these things are. They're trying to get inside, communicate with them. Nothing's happening. All of a sudden, kids are just getting abducted from the ages like 14 to 26 or whatever. Just a certain number every day are getting harvested or every week are getting harvested. Okay. And, you know, so obviously there's like red alerts, you know, what are they doing in schools? 
you know, they're doing all these drills about these <laughs> abduction drills and stuff in school. Mm-hmm. And it follows these high school kids that one of uh, the main characters brothers gets abducted. And here's the interesting thing. Kids are, you know, they're getting abducted from school or their homes and they have their cell phones still. So there, some of them are like filming what they're seeing for until their phones get turned off. Right. Yeah. Uh, so there's like all this footage that's kind of mapping out what's actually inside these ships. And I won't reveal what the big twist is, but there's a nice twist that makes it different than most alien invasion stories. And there's two issues out and I really like them. And uh, yeah, I'm going to continue on with this series. So that's a new one for me called Breakout. Uh, well, we're calling out newer issues that happened. There was one that came out that I forgot to talk about last week, uh, the week that I had COVID and I didn't get it until the week after. But I want to give a big warm hug to it's called Dark Spaces Wildfire. Okay. Um, it is written by Scott Snyder, who we all know. Uh, the art is done by Hayden Sherman, but it's a story of it's either four or five firefighters that are they're actually in prison. And this is kind of the way that they're doing their time is by being firefighters and fighting, fighting. Uh, wow, obviously fires, but wildfires, brush fires, that kind of a thing. And they're up against a really big blaze. And this is a really, really good story. And the twist at the end of it makes you need issue two in your hands right away. I Ooh. love the way that the characters are outlined, introduced, and detailed. It's one of the better things I've read in quite some time. I feel like I say that at least once a month, but this one was one that was not on my radar until I walked into the shop and uh, just asked. I said, hey, anything good that I missed last week? And he was like, oh, I think you might you might enjoy this Dark Spaces Wildfire. And sure as hell, I did. So that came out end of July then. Yep. Would have been July oh. 20th was the release date on that. All right. I'm going to have to go track that down today. Today and is I, comic book day for us. I think I might even have read a headline somewhere recently that it was picked up to be a TV or signed on to be a TV show as well. Not through, not wow. sure through what channel or service, but somebody else obviously enjoyed it just as much as me. That's very quickly signed on. Yeah. Okay. Which of the silliest, dumbest, can't believe that happened books do you want to do? Do you want to do <laughs> Edge of the Spider-Verse or do you want to do Ghost Rider? <laughs> Um, let's go ahead and go with Edge of the Spider-Verse because both of those were pretty silly and wow, I can't believe, God, I forgot how weird Ghost Rider was until I just paused and thought about it for a second. (laughs) That was really out of control. So Edge of the Spider-Verse, you get four stories. Mm -hmm. You get Spider-Gwen, who we all know, introduction to, uh, Spider-Man in India, right? Which is very cool. Mm -hmm. Spider-Man Noir. Spider-Man Noir was a great story uh, called My Dame, My Destiny. Very noirish, <laughs> but really well written. And then there's something called Spider-Rex, which I was super excited about because we finally, Phil, have a <laughs> Spider-Man T-Rex. Finally, because we've all been yearning for it for years. Yeah, we already had a pig, but we needed to get the T-Rex. And this is the most confusing, weird story about a T-Rex Spider-Man I've ever seen like, or that they ever could have dreamed up because originally he was a pteranodon mm-hmm. or a pterodactyl named Peter. Is it Peter? It's, it's P-T-E-R, I believe. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, the pteranodon, the P is silent. So is he? He's just Tur Parker. Tur Parker. But then the spider asteroid hits the planet and i kid you not this is a asteroid surrounded by giant spiders Mm -hmm. 
hits the planet, and then Norman Osborn, whatever his character's name, Normanosaurus or something, yep. they switch bodies. Peter and him switch bodies, so Peter becomes the Tyrannid or the T Rex, and Norman is the Tyrannodon or Pterodactyl. <laughs> And then they get approached by some space traveling spider people that say your time has come. That happens in all the books, right? Like yep. there's going to be a big spider battle or something coming up. <laughs> yep. But this is a huge key issue. We have two origin stories, <laughs> including a T-Rex who's already getting a toy, by the way. What? <laughs> yes. There's going to be a spider toy. Really? Uh, yeah. That's genuine excitement you hear in my voice. I'm going to get some fishing string and hang that bad boy from my ceiling in my room. I don't know why they're wearing Spider-Man clothes and stuff. I, I just don't I don't understand what's going on with this this book, but I'm glad I read it. Can, it can we just say dumb. it's a wonderful year to be alive? Because this is the year <laughs> that finally Marvel and DC have realized what we've all known for our entire lives, that we want dinosaur superheroes. Yeah, it. it is it because there's a new Jurassic World movie in theaters? Absolutely not. It's because dinosaurs have always been awesome and Marvel and DC are finally catching on. Comic book yeah. companies would not ride the coattails of a hot movie in theaters. That does not happen ever. Before we get to Ghost Rider, let's highlight another really great book. X-Men Red. Did you read this? I did. And I was not that confused. It was bonkers in terms of death. So you, yes. it's following... Uh, you got to pronounce his name. Uranos? Uranos? I'd go with Uranos, yeah. Who it was revealed throughout the course of the Eternals. It's, um, wow, Phil, really? Thanos? Yeah. Thanos' grandfather. Yeah. Was so it father related, or grandfather? Uh, he's just some One kind of, of relation. Yeah. But anyway, related to Thanos, just as wicked. And he came to Arrakos, where all the X-Men are on basically Mars, to just kill them all. And the, what does the book take place in a matter of minutes? One hour. Yeah, he's killing everybody. And I love Big the deaths. fact that there's a countdown timer that happens that shows exactly how much time that he's got. It was like almost like an episode of 24, the old TV show. Yeah, where there's the timer going off and like the, the X-Men are just in mid conversation or the Brotherhood of Mutants or the Brotherhood of whatever they're calling themselves these days or in mid conversation. And it's just showing like the seconds ticking down before the arrival. And then he arrives, and then it shows how long he's been there, and then he's gone. And so is everybody else. Yeah, and, and there's huge deaths in this. I mean, deaths in air quotes, right? Like, there's there's some sizable carnage that's left behind. Thousands. And it, it kind of had that doomsday feel from DC. Yeah. Where it's just like, how are they going to stop this? And is this what Axe is going to be about? Avengers, X-Men, Eternals. I don't know, but I, I really liked it. I think that was the uh, the official kickoff of Axe right there, I think, is what that issue truly was. Sure, we had the issues leading up to it that we're kind of explaining, mm -hmm. but that showed the all-out hell that we were waiting for to break loose, finally breaking loose. And speaking of hell, good segue. <laughs> yeah. we're turns, out there's, turns out there's a motorcycle race in the Marvel Universe. In Utah. Where... Uh, Hell's Backbone Rally, they call it, where the winner of this race, motorcycle race, gets a favor from the devil. It's basically Twisted Metal, right? Yep. <laughs> and Johnny's in this race for some reason. 
Well, he rides a motorcycle. It makes sense. But that's not the most shocking thing. There's a page you turn to, and you'll see Moon Knight. You see Doctor Doom. You see Rhino. Yep. (laughs) Blade. uh, Man Thing. Dracula's here. Just straight up Dracula riding a motorcycle. And then the weirdest addition, Wolverine. (laughs) (laughs) What is Wolverine doing? Is uh you you don't think that Wolverine at all has that motorcycle that that biker look to him? Come on, the big chops. He's always got a stogie hanging out of his mouth. He might as well be a biker. And then it's basically the Phantom Menace pod race that unfolds here for you know eighteen pages. My mouth was on the floor. Like I gotta I gotta talk to Phil about this. <laughs> I was on vacation and I forgot to, but I was like I I can't believe I just read this. <laughs> Um, you know, secretly deep down inside as you're reading it, you're like, I kind of want an entire series devoted to this race and to play out and watch people taking each other out because it would be dumb good fun. Yeah. And then, you know, the weird stuff going on with Johnny's head, that kind of goes to another level. (laughs) I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know if I can continue on here. This is, there's jumping the shark and then there's jumping the bike with Wolverine jumping hell's backbone (laughs) it it was it was it was weird man like I I was on board with the series kind of where they were going and this was like a record scratch moment see you talk about pulling out after reading that meanwhile I'm grabbing every chip I have (laughs) on the table and shoving it right in the middle going feed me more of this nonsense this is tremendous can I get a variant cover with all of these characters you don't think I'm not gonna look when I go into the (laughs) shop this week (laughs) Do you by chance have a rhino motorcycle <laughs> cover? And they're they're more they're not riding regular motorcycles. It is like Rhino went and got a fully customized bike that looks like Rhino with rhino horns on it. It's like if it was 1987 and Toy Biz put out a line of Marvel on Marvel action figures on their own custom cycles is what it looks like. Yeah, I <laughs> I, don't I don't know. I loved it. Uh I'm just going to keep going with the bad segues. I think the book I liked most, even though I adored Batman and also Dark Crisis, this is DC again, mm-hmm. Poison Ivy number three. God, this series is so good. And it was kind of a quiet moment with her of seeing what life has to offer and her not really grasping it, but doing her part to help someone in need. Fascinating. Like it, it sounds like a horrible comic to read, but it is a beautiful story and where it leaves her in her mindset is is so disturbing. And I don't know where they're gonna go with this and, and what she wants to achieve. They lay that out very clearly. <laughs> like mm-hmm. this is the percentage I need to do um to leave my mark on the world and to have nature have stand a chance, right? It's puzzling. I think what I enjoyed most about this title this week is you see that she genuinely believes that she's doing the right thing. And we all know that she's got her love of nature and of plants, but it really, really shines through in this where there's something that happens at the place that she's staying that she takes to the next level, which I thought was really, really kind of a touching moment where you see a soft side of her. Yeah, and they're not saying this is like a limited series. There's no like three of 10 or three of six on the cover. Mm-hmm. This is just issue three. So I'm curious how long this is going to go. 
I hope it goes for a while because I really like her in, in this this role. And, you know, it's kind of her end of days, it, it almost feels like. But we'll have to see if, if DC plays that out. I almost wonder if DC is not doing a thing where they're giving Batman villains a title for 15-ish issues or so because this started right after the Joker series wrapped up. Yeah, that is true. So I don't, I mean, if they're doing something like that and I enjoyed the Joker run and I've enjoyed Ivy, if they keep putting them out like this and if that is what they're doing, I'm not going to complain about it. Do you want to take the Joker segue? Um, There's a Joker segue there? Yeah, Red Hood. Oh, yeah. Did you read that? I did, yeah. I I was actually blown away and I love this issue. Uh, it's it's a really, really unique and different take on what was the actual name of it? Uh, White Knight or Batman Presents the White Knight Red Hood, something like that. Yep. Yep. That's it. That doesn't sound like anything I'd read. That's too many words. Uh, but yeah, that is it, actually. it. Um, yeah, it's a retelling of of Jason Todd's point of view. And there's a really big twist at the beginning that really sets the tone for this entire series and Jason Todd gets arrested and then the rest of the series kind of happens. I don't really want to go into too far of spoiler territory for what it is that anything came with it. But if you're a fan of anything in the Batverse and a slightly different alternative timeline, this is definitely well worth a read. What was your thoughts on it? Yeah, I'm right there with you. I I was surprised how long they played that out at the beginning. Kind of the throwback to Jason Todd's or I guess Red Hood's origin. Yep. <laughs> and and I was like, okay, they're really playing this up. But then you see the twist happen and how it ties into that kind of White Knight universe. And yeah, I'm totally on board. I've, I didn't think I would like these because it, it just seemed like such a de- uh, deviation from what Batman stories I love. But it's, it's hitting all the right notes. So they're doing a great job with these. And it's issue one, hoping there's an issue two. Yeah, you and, also... And many more. You do see that like Jason Todd has got some intellect behind him as it goes on too, and he's not just this because he was always just kind of not a whiny brat, but uh, just a very emotional like fly off the handle at everything kind of a person, which is why the the readers of DC Comics voted to kill him in the blink of an eye as soon as they had a second field one nine hundred number. But it was yeah, nice to see he, like. Oh, ahead, I was going to say even when he was Red Hood, just to build on that, where he was running around with Arsenal in that series, I can't remember what that was called, The Outlaws. Yep, he was just kind of comedic you know very brash just seemed like kind of a i don't know a throwaway character just the way they handled him right it was just kind of like they didn't really understand him but now i feel like this is a really nice pulse for him and i hope that kind of bleeds into the main universe too agreed um i want to give i want to say the best written thing that i read this week which isn't going to come as a shock to listeners of the show uh was the closet number three yeah it is an issue that absolutely nothing happened in except for two people sitting on the back of a car having a conversation is essentially what the entire episode or issue was. And it was some of the most real heartfelt dialogue I have ever read in a a comic book. And I don't think, and I know we've touched on it in the past, that Tinian writes those conversations better than anybody. And this thing was just, it was next level of just really getting inside of the head of the main character. And you really see that he, he's, kind of the the catalyst of this monster that lives in the closet and you see that he's not that great of a human being yeah and the i think the interesting thing where where james is in his writing is he knows he doesn't have to have big things happen in issues he knows he could tell he has the amount of space he needs to tell a story right yep he hooks you with key moments in ways that most comic writers don't it's usually 
you turn to that last page, there's this huge reveal. That's not what he's doing, right? Like he, he really kind of latches you into the character, just little moments in the character's lives. And then they just kind of builds on that and you get to know them really well just through conversation. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think he's one of the best out there and, uh, yeah, I hope, I hope something happens here in the future with, uh, uh, the closet because right now it just seems like it, maybe it's more about the dad Mm -hmm. than anything else. Right. It's, I think he might be the king of the slow burn right now. Any other books you want to highlight this week? Yeah, I got two quick ones I'd like to talk about just because and not saying that we necessarily hammer on the same books week in and week out, but there were a couple of number ones that I really, really enjoyed that came out this week, one of which being Golden Rage, which left me, probably most other readers with more questions than answers as to what it is. Um, It's essentially about a place where it's usually older women go once their once their usefulness in life is done, they get sent to this island to go battle to the death think of it like Fortnite meets the golden girls (laughs) okay that sounds like the strangest comic idea i've ever heard it's Uh, really really well done it's written by chrissy williams night by lauren art i took a chance on it because it sounded ridiculous and i will definitely be back for issue number two uh okay and then the other one the other one is something called survival street which i kind of made fun of because it uh takes place in the very, very near future future where corporations are treated as people and essentially have bought every aspect of the United States. Huh. And it sounds like it's going to be nice and, uh, well, dark. But then you sprinkle in puppets into this entire thing. And it turns out that the <laughs> American corporations have decided that puppets are bad and have outlawed puppets from happening. And by puppets, I mean things like the Muppets you see on Sesame Street and puppets from every other TV show known to children's universe, especially anything on PBS. And it's the story of the puppets trying to uh, take back America and be allowed back in. It's ridiculous. It's over the top. It's not fit for children. And it's got a character that looks an awful lot like LeVar Burton in it, whose name might happen to be Mr. Burton as well. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. (laughs) You just sold me on two series that just sound like the wildest ideas. I mean, all of a sudden, the spider T-Rex doesn't sound so uh, so asinine. (laughs) This is uh, this is intense stuff. What I'm going to call out is Dead Lucky, the first issue of that. I haven't read that yet. It was about halfway through when we started recording. Okay. Uh, So you got the gist. Ex-military. Dealing with therapy. She's uh, a conflicted character. All of a sudden has access to powers or abilities. Puts them to good use. You don't really learn much about what she's going to be doing until kind of the last page. Okay. So it's more just kind of backstory, but. It's interesting, and this ties in with the greater. Uh, oh, what are those books called? Uh, we, I call it the Radiant Verse. Okay, yeah, kind of ties into that, right? Like yep. that's this is another wrinkle there, and it's a cool, cool new lens in. I think I'll be back for issue two, and it's got sugar skulls, which you always sell me with. Yes, lots of sugar skulls. Mm-hmm. All right, Phil, let's move on to next week's books. All right.
All right, here we go. I guess these are this week's. We'll be buying these today. As soon as we're done recording, we're going to run out to our comic shop and they'll hopefully have everything we need. Here we go. Amazing Spider-Man number seven. Of course. Yes. Cool cover. Norman Osborn holding either the head of Peter Parker or Spider-Man or a mask. Okay. The Avengers 59. This is a Judgment Day tie-in. Then yes. Yes. Superman, Son of Kal-El, number 14. Axe Judgment Day, number two, of course. Yep. Oh, boy. Punisher, number five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll get it. Oh, that and Ghost Rider. What are you doing? Wonderful things is the answer. <laughs> Wonderful things. King Spawn, number 13. Harley Quinn, number 19. I read 18. You going to get 19? Probably not. I only got 18 because of the variant cover with her playing hockey on the front with a bomb and a bunch of hockey players in the background. Again, you want me to buy things? Give me something stupid. Batgirls number nine. Batman Urban Legends number 18. Yep. Venom Lethal Protector number five. Oh, here we go. Jurassic League number four. Uh Uh-huh. Looks like Green Lantern Pterodactyl on the cover. (laughs) Star Wars Bounty Hunters, number 26. Predator, number one. Maybe. Yeah, I heard. So there's this new movie called Prey. Getting rave reviews. Yeah, it's a Predator movie. I had no idea until people are like, that's the best Predator movie ever. I'm going to have to see it. I think it's on Hulu or something. I thought I saw Hulu, yeah. Black Panther, number eight. Yes. Captain America, Sentinel of Liberty, number three. Dark Crisis, Worlds Without a Justice League, Green Lantern, number one. Yep, because it's a tie-in. Yeah, I'm going to get that. Oh, some good stuff coming here. I Am Batman, number 12. Yep. Here's the one I'm referencing. Eight Billion Genies, number four. Probably the first thing I'll read. Yes, me too. Star Wars, Han Solo, and Chewbacca, number five. Mm Mm-hmm. Future State Gotham, number 16. Deceased, War of the Undead Gods, number one. I'll get that. I kind of like the deceased titles. Oh, I did pick up DC versus Vampires. Written by our guy that none of us paid attention to. I had no idea. James is writing those, and I have issue six and eight. I need to get the rest of them now. Captain Carter, number five. Yes. Oh, God. Ghost Rider, Vengeance Forever, number one. Mm-hmm. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Jane Foster and the Mighty Thor, number three. Maybe. X-Men Legends, number one. Ms. Marvel and Wolverine, number one. This is, again, Ms. Marvel kind of bouncing around with different characters. Power Rangers, number 22. Slumber, number six. Yep. Nubia, Queen of the Amazons, number three. Giant size Gwen Stacy, number one. Yes. Maybe. Yeah, why not? A Town Called Terror, number five. Love Love Everlasting, number one from Image. I'm going to check that out. I've heard some things about this. Really? Where I think he's just like, it's someone just repeating, like falls in love and then they die and he like keeps going from different love lives. It sounds interesting. Naomi season two, number six. Yes, I think that's the end of that. It's been good. 
Stonehenge, book one, the dragon and the boar, number two. What? Wonder Woman. Stonehenge, se- book one, and then number two? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> uh, Wonder Woman 790. Oh, we're getting close to 800 there. Hellboy and the BPRD 1957, Falling Sky, number one. The Avengers and Moon Girl, number one. Oh, no, it's Moon Girl who's going through the different ones. So this Ms. Marvel, what is this one? Ms. Marvel and Wolverine. I'm going to have to get that. That's a ding, ding, ding for me. <laughs> uh, 007, number one. I'll grab that. Parker Girls, number one. Not that from... Uh, kind of sounds interesting. Yeah, it's from Abstract. The Sandman, number one, from Vertigo. I think it's a just a reprint of Sandman number one, but with a Netflix-style cover. It is. That is not cool. Blood Syndicate, season one, number four. Astronaut Down, number three. Mindset, number two. I think I'll get that. Draculina, number five. Prodigy, the Icarus Society, number two. Unnatural Blue Bud, number two. Blade Runner, Black Lotus, number one. Oh, that's a cool cover. I might pick that up. There's Something Wrong with Patrick Todd, number two. The Ward, number three. And I think that's it, Phil. 17, what a light week. <laughs> oh, here, Archer and Armstrong Forever, number four. Fine, 18, what a light week. <laughs> uh, that is... It, yeah. There's a lot of indie stuff coming. and We got to get our hands on some of that, but we're just out of control as is with the, the main Marvel and DC stuff. And a lot of image stuff and a lot of Boom, Boom. Studio stuff. Yeah. And uh, a little it smattering of Dark Horse and <laughs> some AWA comics. And... I get it. We're out of control. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but good job, Phil. And, nice job uh, to you. Yeah, and thanks again for all the comments that you send us on uh, mostly Twitter. I get a bunch of DMs on Twitter, which I really like. And um, yeah, thanks for the support, and we'll be back in seven days. See you then, everybody. Take care.